Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Championship Sunday, one of the best football days of the year. I think the four best teams made it to Championship Sunday. Winners go to the Super Bowl. We're going to go four guests, four cities to talk about four teams to get you ready for the games. All guests, of course, joining us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. We begin in Philadelphia, Derek Gunn, Gun on One podcast covering the Eagles. Derek, thank you very much uh, for the time. Philly's been the best team in the NFC this year. They looked like the best team against the Giants. The Giants, not exactly a tough test. You think they're up for the challenge against the Niners? Oh, there's no question about it. And they got to spell a big, a big news today. Uh, their number one slot corner, Avante Maddox, has been out several weeks with a severe toe injury. He's been, been deemed good to go. So the Eagles are the only team standing that have all 22 starters ready to play in these championship games. So, you know, you've got this game in the Eagles' backyard. They put up these incredible stats across the board on both sides of the football. Um, the 49ers, as good as they are, they have to come west to East Brock. Purdy has not faced a ferocious defense like this. Feel real good about the Eagles' chances on Sunday. The only vulnerability that I see, the Eagles allow nearly six yards per carry on runs outside the tackles, and they're the 21st-ranked rush defense with DVOA, and they got to go up against the Kyle Shanahan led rushing attack is that the only concern that you see for the eagles or is it a concern at all no uh that would probably be the only concern but the 49ers you know they may have an uh, an issue because elijah mitchell mitchell hasn't practiced all week with that groin injury you don't know if he's going to be good to go and he's been a big part of why they've been able to run for 138 yards a game now i expect the eagles to make some adjustments to keep try to keep the niners more so in between the tackles then allowing them to get outside. But then again, when you're talking about the wealth of coaching, I mean, the guys moving the chess pieces in this game, from Shanahan to D'Amico Ryans, from Nick Sirianni to Jonathan Gannon, that's going to be, I think, one of the most intriguing aspects of watching this game is how the chess pieces are implemented for 60 minutes. So can you explain, for those of us that did not watch every snap, every quarter of every Eagles game this year, I mean, the Eagles had very high expectations, and they met them, and then Nick Sirianni's a favorite for Coach of the Year. Uh, Sometimes I look at that award as something that should go to a coach that overachieves. To me, the Eagles met expectations. What, What difference or what impact specifically do you think Nick Sirianni has had this year? His ability to relate to players. Uh, his ability to strategically move his pieces to win battles. 
Now, obviously, it's nothing easy in the National Football League, but you have to start at the top. You look at the pieces Howie Roseman added to a team that made it to the playoffs last year. They took a beating from Tampa Bay, but they learned the lesson well. They went out and got a Hassan Reddick, a Kazir White. They, they wild people on draft day by trading for A.J. Brown. They go out and get James Bradbury, and then later in, in training camp, they get C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They knew the run defense was susceptible in the middle part of the season. They call in Adamica Sue from, from retirement and also bring in Linville Joseph. And when you give a coach those kind of pieces, it has to be hard to fail. And you look at how Jalen Hurts has improved almost 100% compared to the quarterback he was a year ago. Everything has just fallen into place. These guys play for Nick Sirianni because not only is he that so-called player's coach, but he also, he, when he has to get on players, he gets on players. They don't take it personal. If anything, they work harder. The unity in that locker room, the cohesiveness in that locker room is second to none. There are no we guys. They preach character on this team, and they live it. They have the perfect complement of leaders in that locker room. When you talk about the Jason Kelsey's, the Lane Johnson's, Brandon Graham, so on and so forth, and it trickles down to any and everybody else who comes into that locker room. Last thing with Derek Gunn before we go to San Francisco, the Gun on One podcast, Talking Eagles. Jalen Hurts has been amazing. How much of his uh, production is a product of his individual skill set and then the su- supporting cast around him? Oh, it's a combination of the two. You know, uh, you look at him being that so-called dual-threat quarterback. He takes it to another level. Anytime you talk about a quarterback that can squat 600 pounds, that's a freak of nature. He's not one of these quarterbacks who looks and goes down on contact. He's always pushing for the additional yard. Look at the complement of weapons they have around him. You have a 2,000-yard receivers and a 1,000-yard running back. You have arguably the best offensive line in the game and one of the top three or four tight ends in the game. They're as complete an offense as you can possibly be. Jalen Hurts doesn't turn the ball over, takes care of the football. He's a, he, he frustrates defenses because of his ability in that RPO to take off and run at any given moment. He is the ultimate weapon right now in the NFL. Derek Gunn, the Gun on One podcast in Philadelphia. Enjoy Championship Sunday. Thank you for a few minutes, sir. Thank you for having me. Let's go to San Francisco. So Zeke Elliott over the football. He's going to snap it to Prescott. Prescott back to pass. Throws left. Caught by Turpin. Hit and dropped. After all that, they throw it to Turpin. Tackled at the 30, and the game is over. For a second straight year, the 49ers are going to the NFC Championship game. San Francisco 19, Dallas 12. The 49ers will go to Philly with a trip to the Super Bowl on the line. All calls by Westwood One. By the way, you'll be able to hear both games right here on the score. Bonte Hill, mornings, 95-7 the game in San Francisco. Thank you very much, Bonte, uh, for the time. How banged up are the Niners coming into this game? Well, they're relatively healthy. Uh, I mean, Christian McCaffrey was a full goal today in practice. Uh, There was no chance he was missing this NFC title game. Debo Samuel's healthy. Um, And look, you got Nixon bruises here and there with Elijah Mitchell. But for the most part, this Niners team overall is healthy. Now, is Jimmy Garoppolo coming back? No, but I don't think anybody cares about Jimmy Garoppolo coming back. It's Brock Purdy's team at this point, and Brock Purdy is healthy. The Niners will be ready to roll against Philadelphia. So on the injury front, they're as healthy as you can be going into a championship weekend. Yeah, the Jimmy Garoppolo story always seemed odd to me. Like, if he was healthy and they win this game and they're in the Super Bowl, they're not making that switch, right? I mean, if Brock Purdy gets them to the Super Bowl, Brock Purdy plays in the Super Bowl. 
no chance Jimmy Garoppolo plays another snap for the 49ers unless Brock Purdy loves to go down in said Super Bowl. Okay. I mean, that dream is over for a lot of people out here. You see what Brock Purdy has done. It is seven starts, seven wins. They've lit up the scoreboard. And Shanahan trusts Purdy more than he's ever trusted Jimmy Garoppolo. The evidence will go to second of last drive. Last week against the Cowboys, third and two, empty backfield. He allowed Brock Purdy to throw it. First down, Niners. Later on that drive, third and seven, empty backfield. What do you know? Brock Purdy throws it again. First down, 49ers. That would have never, ever, ever, ever happened with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback for the Niners. So this is Brock Purdy's uh, roster from here on out. Is it his roster next year, or are they going back to Trey Lance? Uh, I think there will be a bit. Uh, I don't want to get ahead of myself there. Brock Purdy definitely is in the lead for that starting job. How can he not be after what he's done down the stretch here? But I would not close out hope for Trey Lance whatsoever. I think they'll keep both quarterbacks. And Shanahan will open up for both of them. Made the best man win in August. So we're talking to Bonte Hill, mornings 95-7, the game. Uh, he's been amazing. He's won seven straight. The team's won 12 straight. He hasn't had a turnover in the postseason, but he has had, you know, what pro football folks would call interceptable balls. It hasn't all been smooth sailing for him. He's, this is only his third road start of his career. Obviously the best defense uh, that he's faced. The Niners, the best defense that the Eagles have faced this year. Do you think Purdy is up to the task if they need him to throw to win? Uh, that could be difficult against this defense. I'm not even going to front. I mean, the Eagles obviously amassed 70 sacks as a defense. Their secondary is really good uh, with Darius Slay and, of course, Bradbury and uh, Gardner Johnson. So if he does get in a position to where he has to throw the win, that could be troublesome. We quite haven't seen that from him yet. That's the one last domino on that checklist for Brock Purdy. Can you lead a team from a 10-point deficit in the second half? Actually, he did it once against the Raiders, but let's throw that out. The Raiders are the Raiders, right? Yeah. One of the starting defenses in the league, so he had to win that one. So we got one game, but this challenge is a lot stiffer than the Las Vegas Raiders. So let's hope we don't see that if you're a 49er fan. So if it, if it happens in, in that environment, wow, that would be something else because in Las Vegas, we had about 60% Niner fans there that made it feel like a home game. This is totally different. What is the weakness for the Niners if one exists that is not Brock Purdy related? The secondary. Um, this defensive secondary the last six weeks has been prone to giving up the big play. Tampa Bay had a 75-yard touchdown wiped off the board with a questionable holding uh, against Washington. Washington dropped a wide-open deep pass down the field in the third quarter. Arizona hit A.J. Green, who's about 55 years old, for an 80-yard touchdown on the second play of the game. Uh, D.K. Metcalf, we saw what he did in the wild card game. It's C.D. Lamb. For the life of me, I have no idea why the Dallas Cowboys didn't threaten the Niners more down the field. They played it pretty, pretty conservative. Right now, with the pass rush lacking a bit for the Niners, and that includes number 97, Nick Bosa, that secondary. That is a big-time concern with A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and, of course, Dallas Goddard at tight end playing for the Eagles they have to shut down the explosives and that's been a problem the last six weeks it's gonna be an amazing game Bonte Hill mornings 95-7 the game thank you sir anytime fellas let's go to the AFC championship Cincinnati Bengals let's go and it's over the winning continues for Cincinnati the Bengals are going back to the AFC championship game They have won 10 in a row. And they will make an appearance in the conference championship for consecutive years for the first time in franchise history. 
And it's a rematch of last year's conference championship game, and they've won three straight against the Chiefs, and they're calling it Burrowhead. Cannot wait for this game. Dave Lapham from Bengals Radio is our guest. Dave, thank you for the time. So much is interesting in this game, but so many people made a lot about three backup offensive linemen in that Bills game, and it looked like they were playing uh, with starters the entire game. How do the Bengals and Joe Burrow overcome a banged-up offensive line? Yeah, well, I think they approached it like they were starters. Uh, you know, the the guy who was playing the left tackle position was the 37th pick of the draft, the fifth pick of the second round. The guy that he was replacing was the 11th pick of the draft, first-round pick. I mean, they've got roster depth. And uh, Sharping at right guard was a second-round pick coming into the league, played in, uh, started in over 30 games with Houston Texans. He'd uh, played in three playoff games. He was 2-1. and one. So, I mean, these guys know what they're doing. Uh, it's not like they're, you know, inexperienced guys that don't know what they don't know coming off the street. So they were with the team the entire football season, including training camp, with uh, line coach Frank Pollock learning his techniques, going through all the installation, the adjustments uh, that were made during the course of the season, and their schematics, the adjustments to adjustments. They were ready to play, and they were ready to play like starters you got to give everybody credit for that. Uh, the players themselves, the coaches for developing them, and then the way the game unfolded. You run the ball for over 170 yards, it's going to be easier to protect your quarterback. And they did. You know, Joe Burrow gets sacked one time. They ran 71 plays and only had two negative plays. The one sack, and they had one running play go for minus yards. Other than that, they were unbelievable in terms of covering people up and moving people off the line of scrimmage and, and in pass protection. Joe Burrow, the first two drives, nine for nine, two touchdowns. He goes four for four in the first drive with a touchdown pass, five for five in the second drive, and uh, the Buffalo Bills have two three-and-outs. So, I mean, all of that, the way the whole game unfolded helped the offensive line. You play with a lead like that, and you're running the football that well, 170 yards, 105 by Joe Mixon, you're going to play well, and they did. It was five guys playing as one. That's great information, and, you know, I I kind of got a – theory that everyone's talking Burrow and Mahomes and it's going to be cold it's going to be physical and I think both teams are going to try to run on the other one what type of game what style of fight are you expecting on Sunday I agree with you I think it's going to be a slobber knocker you know I think these two quarterbacks everybody's like oh they're going to fill the air with football I'm not so sure you got uh, Mahomes who doesn't have a severe high ankle uh, ankle sprain but he's not 100 percent he might be 85%, 90% or whatever. You still want to protect him. You don't want to exacerbate the injury. You don't want him to get hit and uh, not be able to play in the football game. The best way to do that, I would not be surprised if Kansas City comes out with two tight ends and says, we're going to run Pacheco right down your throat, and then we're going to play action pass off of that. We're going to get the ball out of Patrick Mahomes' hands in two and a half seconds. It's going to be a quick passing game. And we're not going to get him out of pocket. He's not going to try to extend and create plays. He's going to be in the pocket, getting rid of the ball quickly. RPOs, you know, let him read it. Is it a run, hand it off? Well, if they take that away, a quick pass on the RPO. Uh, I, I think it's going to be that type of football game. And uh, I think it's going to be an interesting chess match between, you know, uh, Andy Reid and Lou Anarumo uh, and, and Brian Callahan and, and uh, Zach Taylor against Steve Spagnuolo. I think it's going to be like a master chess chess match what do you make of all the trash talk dave lapham of uh Bengals radio they're calling it burrowhead i that's i never thought i'd see the day when people not afraid to go into arrowhead what do you make of it 
Yeah, I mean, that's bold. There's no question about that. That's bold. But I think Gay, the linebacker, saying that the Bengals, he doesn't respect their offense. They really don't have anybody. Um, in, there's, there's bulletin board material that uh, both uh, players have spewed out there. And one thing the Bengals have done all season long, uh, the league has provided the impetus for them putting a chip on their shoulder that has developed into a, a two-by-four by kickoff. You know, the chip, the chip that the league has provided, oh, okay, well, it might come down to a coin flip. You as the number three seed may have to go to Baltimore as the number six seed and have a playoff game there. Why the hell did you play the whole season to become a three seed? A coin flip? That kind of gave them a little impetus. You know, and now now uh, last week, okay, well, you know, you got, uh, you got Buffalo. If it's Buffalo and Kansas City, it's going to be at a neutral site. But you have to go to Kansas City. Why the dual uh, scenario there? It's like you wrote the Constitution, but then you had to put all these amendments in and cloud it up. That gave the Bengals impetus. So uh, they feel like it's uh, them against the world, and so far it's worked for them, and the league has provided most of that impetus. Dave Lapham, have a good call. Bengals radio, it's going to be a classic. We'll be watching and listening. Thank you, sir. All righty, thanks very much. Thank you. That's Dave Lapham from Cincinnati. This will be a little different just because it's one of my best friends, my old partner in Kansas City. We got a surprise or two from him. Let's go to Kansas City. And that's going to do it. Chiefs are going to get the onside kick recovered at the 46-yard line. Jacksonville can't stop it, and the Chiefs are going to go to the AFC championship game for the fifth consecutive year. And last but not least, my good friend, Carrington Harrison, The Drive, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. He interviews Pat Mahomes each and every week. Good afternoon, CDOT. Where's Spiegel at? I mean, when I was told that I was coming on your show, I was under the impression I was talking to Spiegel and not you. Understandable. He's on the uh, vacation that'll never end. He'll be back on Monday. What version of Pat Mahomes are we getting? You talk to the man every week. You should have inside info for me. I think we're going to get a fairly healthy Patrick Mahomes. I think it's impossible for him to be 100%, obviously, given the injury that he had. But there's a lot of optimism around the Chiefs. There's a lot of optimism in Kansas City, given what we've seen on video. Now, I think it's fair to point out that walking around in a press conference or practicing, those things are not playing football. But there's a sentiment that Patrick Mahomes is going to be closer to 100% than I think anybody would have guessed on Monday afternoon. How much does the history and the dislike between these two teams matter for Sunday? I don't think it matters a whole lot. It just makes it a lot more fun. There was this radio host that told me this. I can't remember, but he said that we need more sports hate in the world. These two teams do not like each other. Cincinnati will say something. The Chiefs will respond. The Chiefs will say something. Cincinnati will respond. It just feels like one of those old-school robberies. I'm sure there are people out there that say that this new generation is too buddy-buddy. They're out here changing jerseys after the game. I don't really get the sense that that's the feeling between these two teams. I think Kansas City and Buffalo have that relationship with one another. I don't think that Kansas City and Cincinnati have that relationship, and they shouldn't. These are two teams that are the best in the AFC that are fighting to go to the Super Bowl. Are Chiefs fans taking it personal that Bengals players are calling it Burrowhead? Danny, you lived in Kansas City, Missouri. You know how Chiefs fans are responding to this. You don't got to do much to get Chiefs fans riled up about this. When you're telling me the pride that Kansas Cityans have for their football team, for their stadium, then their tailgate, somebody who has one career win in the stadium can call it Burrowhead. 
You know how Chiefs fans are responding to this. I know, and it makes me so happy because it's going to be an absolutely incredible environment, and I think that the Bengals players deserve to have that level of confidence, man. Uh, I said that I expect it to be if Mahomes is, you know, 80%, 70%, something like that, we're going to see McKinnon. We're going to see Pacheco. We're going to see 12 personnel. We're going to see 13 personnel. We're going to see snap and throw. We're going to see long, sustained drives. So I like the under. What type of game do you think we're seeing Sunday? I agree with you. I think the under is the play here. I went on one of our good friends, Andrew Filipponi. I went on his show, and he told me about the over-under with Pacheco right now. That is at 46. The Chiefs have no chance of winning this football game if Isaiah Pacheco hits his under. So I think the Chiefs do what you're talking about. I think they try to establish the run. I think Pacheco gets 15 to 17 carries. I think they use the screen game with Jarek McKinnon. I think all of those factors are in play. We've seen a couple of 27-24 games between these two teams. I think this is going to be an old-school 15-round stand-in-the-middle-of-the-ring slugfest. I do like the under more than I like the over in this one. All right, last thing on the game, and then we got some, a little surprise for you. Uh what do you think the narrative will be Burrow v. Mahomes if Burrow wins? We were talking about this on the show, that I don't think every game has to be this referendum on legacy. I don't think that either quarterback's legacy takes a hit with the loss. I mean, Mahomes probably takes a little bit more of a legacy hit just because people will say, well, hey, you've been to five AFC championship games. You've only won two. Well, hold on. You're telling me it would have been better to go 2-0 and in the AFC championships than 2-3? and and so that doesn't really make any sense. I mean, you want to talk about the legend of Joe Burrow taking another massive rating hit up. I mean, if he goes on the road in consecutive years and wins in Arrowhead, the entire legend of Joe Cool just continues to grow and grow and grow. On the other side, for Patrick Mahomes, if you're telling me that on a 85% ankle, you overcome this beast in your career, which has been the Cincinnati Bengals, and now you go to three Super Bowls in the last four years. I mean, we're talking about doing some stuff that just five players in NFL history have ever done. So I really think there's only positives for each player's uh, legacy. I don't really see a whole lot of negatives. So I'm talking to Carrington Harrison, my good friend, my old co-host on the drive in uh, 610 Sports Radio in Kansas City. He has Pat Mahomes on once a week for about 10 to 12 minutes. What you don't know, Carrington, is that we have Pat Mahomes in studio 20 hours a week. Uh, he's joining us now. Can you ask Pat Mahomes a question, please? Hey, Patrick, how's it going today? Yeah, uh, Carrington, good to talk to you from Chicago this time. My ankle is feeling a little bit better. Brittany is not much help at home at all, and Jackson's just making it worse. <laughs> I wasn't excited. I didn't really know what you were walking me into, but goodness gracious, that was good. <laughs> ask a follow-up. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hold on, right now I'm just flabbergasted. I was expecting I was expecting this bit to bomb, but I was going to go along with it because you're my guy. Goodness gracious, I can't believe Danny, this is like that one time when, when you and I met Frank Caliendo and then Heist did his Dick Vitale, and he was like, hold on, that was, that was actually really good. He was just really surprised how good Heisler's Dick Vitale was. Oh, my goodness. That was strong. Why are you guys not doing this more often? Yeah, uh, well, I mean, we do it pretty often. I'm sitting there in the, in the control room with, with Tanny and Shane all show. So anytime I come up, I'm there to talk about me, especially now the progress of my high ankle sprain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. 
Oh my goodness, that's really strong. Oh my, I didn't know the joke. I didn't know that Jay Farrow worked on you guys' show. Oh my gosh. La- la- last thing, Carrington uh, might seem a little out of place for uh, for late January, but what is your favorite Halloween candy? Swedish fish, of course. Like, what kind of question is that? Obviously, it's Swedish fish. <laughs> Carrington Harrison from the Drive in Kansas City. Thank you, sir. I appreciate you guys. There's our trip around Championship Sunday in the NFL. Four guests, four cities, Philly, San Francisco, Cincinnati, and Kansas City. He didn't really yes and you. You stopped him cold. Well, that's why you're here and he's in Kansas City. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess so. He was he was shocked. You can text or twitch in your questions for one last thing. We end the show with your questions, but coming up next... I just, you know, back in the napkin math, just writing it out. How many guys on the Niners are better than the Bears' best player? How many guys on the Eagles are better than the Bears' best player? It's jarring. It's next on The Score. Parkins and Spiegel show flashback. 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 Clement, who's, by the way, excellent football player. He's one of your better football players on the entire team. His ability, and it's because he's an inline. There's very few inline dominant blockers that also can run professional routes and make professional catches, and he can do all of it. He's a really good player. Now, he's never going to get the glamour that Kelsey gets or Kittle gets because he doesn't have that natural athleticism, but he's so complete. He's like a poor man's Gronk. There's very few Gronks anymore that are long, physical. They're basically glorified offensive tackles that can run professional routes and catch professional balls, and you have one there. So he's very good. That was our uh, now sworn enemy, Trent Dilfer, who ghosted us when he got the UAB coaching job, talking about Komet being one of the best players on the Bears. So maybe you'd say that Justin Fields is the best player on the Bears. Let's remove him from the equation because he will obviously start for the Niners because they've got Brock Purdy. But I wanted to look at the NFC Championship game in particular. Niners and Eagles rosters. Because those rosters are so, so, so good. And the Bears can take a leap. And the Bears can have a turnaround that happens very, very fast. And it would require Justin Fields taking a leap to start him. But that doesn't guarantee you would play on Championship Sunday. Because you need... Really, really, really good rosters. And we can start with Philly. So whoever you think it is, who would you guys say is the best player in the Bears? I think I'd say it's Jalen Johnson. You played that Cole Komet clip coming out of there. Maybe you'd say Cole Komet? Yeah, I mean, that's tough because I'm informed by what Trent Dilfer said. And it made me think of Cole Komet differently. And I was very low on him coming into the season. But he's one of the guys that showed, like, throughout the season, didn't quit, got better. So, like, you're talking about all-around football player, like, yep, not a finished product either, like Fields is, but probably Cole Komet, I would think. So, oh. considering the fact that Cole Komet has to rely more on Justin Fields to deliver him right. the ball where it needs to be, and David Montgomery doesn't, I would say David Montgomery performed very well behind a not very good offensive line, but an offensive line that graded pretty well for run blocking. But I, I still think David Montgomery was the star this year. Okay, and I'll say Jalen Johnson. But so let's so whoever you are out there and you're listening and you're thinking, I, I think it's let's say one of those three names Montgomery, Komet, Jalen Johnson. Let's just let's just go through the Niners roster. Uh in no particular order here. 
George Kittle. He's good. Debo Samuel. Also good. Trent Williams. Very good. Christian McCaffrey. Awesome. Nick Bosa. Really good. Hufanga, the safety who's first team all pro this year. No clue who that guy is. He's awesome. But he's good. Hufanga? Yeah. Yeah. Hufanga. Yeah. Uh, Fred Warner. Yeah. Real good. Good linebacker there. Uh, Greenlaw, the other linebacker. Not sure who he is. All right. So I got I got eight. Okay. I got eight nudes on the Niners. You got eight nudes on the Niners? Eight nudes. Eight, I got eight dudes on the Niners that I would say pretty crystal clear better than any player on the Bears if we're removing Justin Fields from the equation. And then Arik Armstead and Brandon Ayuk, you would at least consider. I mean, Brandon Ayuk would have been wide receiver number one on the Bears oh, this year. definitely. Yeah. Yes, yes. No no question about it. And by the way, Championship Sunday is here. Westwood One brings you the AFC and NFC Championship games live no matter where you are. Listen to Niners, Eagles, and Bengals Chiefs on 670 The Score. Free on the Odyssey app. Coverage starts at 1 o'clock on Sunday. Download the Odyssey app today. Oh, they, those uh, Armstead and Ayuk uh, would start on the Bears, no question. I think there's a little bit of a debate about whether or not Brandon Ayuk would be the best player on the Bears. But I think that there's – I think I just gave you eight guys – Pretty convincingly, where I don't, I don't think I'm going to get a single bit of disagreement on the text line that all those guys would immediately be the best player on the Bears. So that's eight guys. Then you go to Philly. Travis Kelsey, or excuse me, uh, Jordan Kelsey, or Jason. Can I get Jason? Jason Kelsey. Yeah, Jason Kelsey. Can I get? Can I get a Jason Kelsey? All right. All pro center. That's that's number one. Uh, Lane Johnson. Yep. Right tackle. Number two. AJ Brown. Yep. Jalen Hurts. Yep. Hassan. Well, mm. Oh, I, I guess we're not we're not considering Justin Fields. I'm just removing Fields. I like Fields more than I like Jalen Hurts. I, you know, and I kind of do too. But but Hurts is going to be a top three finisher for MVP this year. Like it's, it's nepotism, though. All right, we can, the Alabama factor. All right, we can remove we can remove Jalen Hurts. We can just remove quarterback from from the conversation because I just don't want to. There's so much emotion around the quarterback. Right, but stuff. if we're not including the Bears quarterback, then we shouldn't include the opposition's quarterback. You're right. You're right. All right, we'll re- we'll remove him. It's just simple math. Okay, so would you say that Jordan Mailata, their left tackle, who is a Pro Bowler this year, is better than any player on the Bears? I think I would. Yeah, yeah. Premium position, left tackle, pro bowler. Now he's the third best offensive lineman on their team, but I think I would. So that's can sing a little bit. Can can sing, but so that's three offensive linemen, two tackles and a center, a receiver, and Devontae Smith. So that's four offensive players if we're not counting uh, Jalen Hurts. And that's and I didn't Devontae Smith. I think Devontae Smith, first round pick, wide receiver. Had a monster season. That's five. Then you go to the defensive side of the ball. James Bradbury, yes. Hassan Reddick, 17 sacks this year, yes. Darius Slay, lockdown corner who shut down Justin Jefferson on Monday Night Football, yeah. Fletcher Cox, probably not anymore, but certainly was at one point. That's eight. So if we, that, that's removing a top three candidate for MVP in Jalen Hurts, and that's not giving me Devontae Smith. That's eight dudes on the Eagles 
better than any non-quarterback on the Bears, and it's eight dudes on the Niners better than any guy on the Bears. And so that's leaving Armstead and Ayuk off the list for the Niners, and it's leaving Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, Devontae Smith, and Jalen Hurts off the list for the Eagles. That is staggering when you just think about how how unbelievably top-heavy those rosters and they're also they also have great depth but those teams are just crazy 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 talented and so that's not mentioning Dallas Goddard that's not mentioning CJ Gardner Johnson like I don't know man I just you look at these teams what Jordan Davis was a first round pick I don't think I'd put him up there right now and he got hurt but I I look at it as you are talking eight if you're being conservative, 11 or 12 if you're being uh, cynical about the Bears. Before a player on the Bears roster would come in on the depth chart for those teams. Like, think about that. It, say I'm right and it's Jalen Johnson. He wouldn't start in the Eagles secondary in the base package. That's insane. It's a corner. We're talking about giving him $15 million a year this offseason. And the Eagles would be like, yeah, he could be our backup. So the gap in terms of roster depth between those two teams is so crazy, crazy deep that they're just not one offseason away from, from being that. And I don't think that we've been presenting it that way. Now, if you have Superman at quarterback, you can overcome a lot of that stuff, right? Like the Packers, the last couple of years before this year, were winning 13 games. We would not have gone 8 to 12 deep on the Packers roster before we would have gotten to a bear who could have cracked their hierarchy. But they had Aaron Rodgers in his prime, winning MVPs. So you could, those are the two ways that you do it. Like, same, like so like AFC, by the way, you wouldn't go th- – I mean, you obviously, it'd be Mahomes. It would be uh, Kelsey. It'd be Creed Humphrey. It'd be Joe Thune. It'd be Chris Jones. It'd be Orlando Brown. And then I don't think I'd give you another defensive player before Jalen Johnson, probably. We got to okay. talk about Orlando Brown at some point because some rankings had, like, actually um, – Braxton Jones having a better season statistically than Orlando Brown. I know. Like I know like you talk about evaluating offensive line through like PFF and it's like certainly flawed, but like he's that's that's the number one target. Well, and he, he had a rough game against Jacksonville. Yes, he did. He had a rough game. Uh so I I and I uh when I tweeted about him, I had a bunch of Chiefs fans in my mentions being like, You guys can have him. I saw those people. You guys can have him. So, no, I, and, and the, the good one about Orlando Brown is, is that I am confident that if the Bears go after him, Ryan Bowles will know. You know, like, so either, either they will pass on him and he'll know, or they'll go after him and they'll know. Like, he, he's got to know that one. He might, he might not know Teron Payne. He might not know the draft. He might not, you know, he's got to know whether or not that guy's worth paying $20 million a year to. He's got to know that. So that's my comfort level there. But I mean, I think you'd go like six or seven deep on the Chiefs and probably 
probably six deep on the Bengals. But these NFC rosters are so deep and so top-heavy. And that's why they can make Jalen Hurts an MVP candidate and they can win games with Brock Purdy. Those AFC teams have the top two quarterbacks in the league. But they're a long way between the Bears roster and these championship Sunday rosters, especially in the NFC. But what if they trade for Kyle Shanahan with that number one pick? <laughs> oh, let's update the poll. <laughs> How many of those guys that you mentioned on that roster? Does Trent Williams get to come with, with Coach Kyle? <laughs> no, he doesn't. 76%. <laughs> so, Shane, you were about right. You said 80-20. 76% say no. Yeah, so, so 3,400 votes. That whole segment points to it making more sense to trade Justin Fields and reset your clock on the quarterback contract. It makes you, – you don't want to hear it, but unfortunately, Ryan Pace messed up the start of the Justin Fields tenure. Yes. The the problem with that is – There are is no that, problems. I said it. No, that's right. No, checkmate. Uh, if he's the dude and it's tougher to build the team around the quarterback who gets paid – you still don't want to give up the quarterback. Like if you're convinced Fields is great and you can't be convinced that any of these rookies are going to be great, it's harder to do it this way, but you'd still rather have the biggest piece of the puzzle in place. It's if you doubt that Fields can be great, then you absolutely should reset the rookie contract. And we won't know until how we, we see how aggressively polls handles uh, free agency this offseason and, of course, the draft at the end of April. We'll answer your questions for one last thing. Parkinson Spiegel on the score. The Parkinson Spiegel Show. It's been a long four hours. Afternoons on the score. Just one more thing, please. I thought you had a clock to punch. I do. I'm leaving right now. It's time for One Last Thing. Well, let's let someone else ask a couple questions. I just want to ask you. And then we'll come back to you. One question. How about that? Let's let everybody else and we'll come back to you. Ask any question. I just want to ask you. For anyone on the show. Question. Then I can figure out who I want to answer to. I don't need your help with that. I just want to ask you. One question. Does anyone else have another question first? I got a question. All right. I just want to ask you. Thank you. One question. One Last Thing with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. You text them, you twitch them, Shane gathers them and asks them, we answer them. What do we got, Shane? Clark in Chicago on Twitch wants us to tell him what he should drink tonight. Oh, I mean, the good stuff. First uh, Pizza Friday after Lynn Bramer's passing, right? Yeah. Pour out your best. So I, I'll go with a nice bottle of red tonight. Okay. Lynn always referenced tequila, yep. right, for the margaritas. Yeah. What about you guys? What are you drinking tonight? Uh, I also opened the best stuff. I, I overpaid for a bottle of E.H. Taylor because that's what Lynn and I would drink at the Green Mill across from Thalia Hall after shows there. So I'll probably do some E.H. Taylor tonight, I think. There you go. Let's have water. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah. A little Taylor. nice boy. Yeah, or some vodka. Am I right? Yeah. Oh, vodka cranberry, dude. <laughs> Peoria Matt on Twitch. If the three of you could choose to live in another city, what would it be? Now, I don't know if that means he wants the three of us to move to another city together or individually. If we could move to a different city, where would it be? Let's say continental United States. None of that Dominican stuff. If I'm thinking career wise, it's New York. Uh, New York, New York City. I'd probably rather do that than L.A. Because you love garbage on the streets. Yeah. Yep. Denver would be Denver would be really fun, and I was very happy in Kansas City. Those would be those would be the three that I would most consider. But New York probably for work. Yeah, I, just considering 
best, you know, life experience, probably San Diego would be the best, you know. That would be great. Yeah, you know, I like Seattle a lot. Boston's great. Uh, those are all, if you're trying to keep your career in mind, also places that I could work, do my trade. Those are all, like, cities with, <laughs> with sports stations. Yeah. Um, but if it was just, like, I want the my best possible quality of life for my own mental health, I'd move somewhere up in northern Michigan, Traverse City, Glen Arbor, something like that. I think America's most underrated, undervisited city is Detroit. I love Detroit for everything that it is. Chicagoans, you would love Detroit. They have a downtown area just like we do. They have neighborhoods with cool bars. I love Detroit. I would move there tomorrow for sure. Um, it's a good one from Parkins Mike Stand. For everyone, if you had a $100 Uber Eats gift card to use on Sunday for the games, what are you getting? It's a good one. It's a good one. Probably, huh? I mean, just high-end delivery sushi. Probably what I'm doing. Just like gorging out on on rolls. Yeah, just sushi. What's my favorite food right now? Wings are always a good bet because, like, you know, hundred dollars of wings is a lot of wings. Yeah, I know, but you know, we have a lot of friends. <laughs> oh, that's big, true. Big yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, you're a popular we're, guy. We're very popular on this side of the glass. Yeah, no, so I, I don't, I don't know, know what it's like. <laughs> Uh, but like wings, like you sit around and maybe you just pick one up, notch on them over the course of the day, you know, throughout both games. You know, like, you know, a lot of people can just do that. Just nibble a little bit, you know. There you go. You, you say that you you're not as popular, but we should let the listeners know Danny got the invite, to, the personalized invite to my apartment this weekend. The one that he's always craving <sighs> when the Christmas party comes around. He and Speaks are like, well, we didn't get a personalized invite, but he got the personalized invite this weekend. Yeah. And I did it feel good? Yeah, it did. Good. I appreciate it being included. And I took you up on it. I'm coming. Yep. Coming for the NFC Championship game. Game one. A L- lot of work, folks. It's coming. Danny, you bringing your notebook to take notes what <laughs> Layla and Alyssa Berger Mini say in I, my apartment this I weekend? I can't believe that story that Goff told was like new to some folks because that yeah. was basically the gospel. That was known at, to be fact for all for many years by everyone who worked here that Spiegel took notes at a gathering. <laughs> Yeah. And not all on game stuff. <laughs> that's the part that's somewhat mortifying. <laughs> Writing down your legal pad, Cody Westerland talking about Andre Drummond's rebound percentage. <laughs> Yikes. And uh, a follow-up to that, MPAD on Twitch asks, what we're smoking this weekend. Tanny's going to smoke a brisket oh, and bring man. it to my home. I am smoking a brisket. I got some anxiety about this brisket because of the cold weather conditions, but Shane tried to make me feel a little bit better about that. I should have no problem on the green, big green egg. Got a 14-pound brisket I'm going to hopefully bring over to Shane's. Going to start it up around 5, 6 o'clock tomorrow night. Hopefully be ready by game time for game one. So thoughts and prayers over here. And I'm good just bringing booze? Yeah, bring whatever you want or nothing at all. I'm not going to bring nothing. <laughs> well, it's better for content on Monday if you bring nothing. I'm not bringing nothing. Bring shrimp. I might bring... I've, got, I've got the shrimp covered. <laughs> yeah. How many from people are Second coming? City Prime. It's low-key. It's maybe like nine or ten people. Okay. I've got the shrimp covered from the best steak and seafood provider in Chicago, Second City Prime. Okay. Well, then I, I will just bring... I'll just bring some booze. I can't mess that up. Fine. Although I'm sure we'll find a way to, to spin it that I messed it up. But now, now you know nine or ten people. That's perfect. I'm not going to bring... 60 beers? No. Yeah, all right. No. Very low-key. All right. Sounds good. Sounds good. Someone asked on the text line, what's better, Chicago pizza or Kansas City barbecue? It's a funny question because there is better barbecue in Chicago than there is pizza in Kansas City. Um, 
But I do think, like, there's, like, I like Texas barbecue. I like Kansas City barbecue. I'm not a huge fan of, like, Carolina barbecue. So I became more of a barbecue snob than I am a pizza snob. Like, I'll happily eat bad pizza, New York pizza, Detroit pizza, whatever. So I miss Kansas City barbecue in a way that I didn't really miss Chicago pizza, if that makes sense. Because you can get by with mediocre pizza. I, I hate bad barbecue. So, but Kansas City's a really good pound-for-pound pound food city, but it's like there's like one or two really good Italian spots or like one good sushi spot, whereas here we've got 50 great spots of everything. This city is just – I feel like I will never be able to try all the good restaurants in the city. It's just impossible. But Especially now that you don't live here. Fraud. I still come in five days a week, man. I commute more than any of my friends. No one comes to the city that I know anymore. It's ridiculous in terms of, like, my suburban friends. But, yeah, I sold out. I sold out in the worst way. Trust me. I already hate myself, Shane. You live on a golf course. You didn't sell out in the worst way. You have a beautiful home. Oh, I know. It's great. I mean, I love it, but I just, you know, listen, man. Coming to my dome, a lot of self-loathing thoughts going on up here. Uh, What did we do today? We had Stacey King, Jason Goff, and Jason Benetti on the show and thank you to Mike Palm from Circa as well you can check him out for the big game thank you to Connor O'Donnell I'm not sure if it was Kevin O'Donnell uh, Kevin Lapka or Connor O'Donnell uh, Connor no, it was Kevin O'Donnell yep. <laughs> guy. Hey, Connor O'Lapka <laughs> Connor O'Lapka is his name from the Ohio University <laughs> the go Mi- Bobcats the Miami of Ohio perfect well thank you to both Connor and Kevin they go do Red great Hawks. work uh, Speaks will be back on Monday. We are very much looking forward we'll see. to his return. He will be back. Shane Reardon, our executive producer. Thank you, sir. Chris Tannehill makes us sound better than we are each and every day. Thank you, sir. Format Spiegel. I'm Danny Parkins. We are Parkins Spiegel. This is the score. The reason I do it, you really ought to know. It's all for the love of rock and roll. Till next time, I'm Lynn Bramer on XRT. Take nothing for granted. It's F period great to be alive. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. 
The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.